You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Beit Shemesh, Israel 5783, 2023. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Devarim. We completed the Sefer of Bamidbar, which speaks about the Jewish people's sojourn in the wilderness, and then the battles that they fought as they were about to enter the land of Israel. And the beginning of Sefer Devarim, which is really Moshe Rabbeinu's speech, his closing speech of his life, all the things that he wanted to say to the Jewish people as they're about to enter into Israel and as he's about to, to pass the mantle of leadership to Yoshua. And in this speech, he recounts to the Jewish people some of the events that occurred throughout his time leading them. And in chapter 2, verse 31, he speaks about their successes. He speaks about their battles that they were able to defeat Sichon and Og, Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, that I have begun to give you Sichon and his land, in order to inherit his land. And the Pesach can go on to describe what it looked like. Sichon tried to come out to greet us in battle. They were completely decimated. The Jewish people destroyed them down to the very last person took all of their land, took all of that that portion. They didn't touch, however, the land of Ammon, which which bordered that area. And then Pasuk says at the beginning of the third chapter, Pasuk Aleph, We turned, we went up through the Bashan area. And Og, the king of Bashan, he came out to greet us. He and all of his nation, they came out to war. Pasuk Beis, Vayim Hashem Eli, Al Tira Oisay. Hashem said to me, "Don't be afraid of him." Even before they battled, and we'll see what this what this really means. We're going to see in the measures together. But it says in the pasuk, "I have given you, I have given him, I have given Og to you into your hand already." All of his nation, all of his land. You will do to Og as you did to Sichon. You took you took their entire land. Okay, so Moshe Rabbeinu is going through all of this, and he's describing the Jewish people's conquest of these areas even before they entered the land of Israel. Now, <clears throat> the Medrash tells us something very important. Medrash tells us that if if we were to look at the state, the emotional state of all of the people who lived in this area, in the land, the area of the land of Israel, and the other side of the Jordan River, what's today Jordan, if we looked at them and we examined their emotions, we would see that they were they were afraid. Let's read the Medrash together. There's a lot of Medrash here, but all of it is important, and that's how I'm going to read it all. Interesting. When Hashem took the Jewish people out of Egypt, and He did all of these miracles for them, the fear, the fear of the Jewish people fell upon all of the nations of the world. Right? There was a tremendous fear. We say that in Az Yashir, in the song. The tremendous fear. 
Now, 40 years later, there was a there was a period of time, 40 years, from when the Jewish people had all these miracles occur for them until they actually battled. Sichon Melech Amori, Og Melech Abashan, as we spoke about. So, they came to do battle. They said, by your life. They swore. They wanted to understand. They wanted to get some information about these Jewish people who are coming to battle them. Are they strong? Are they not strong? And there's a there's a word here which I'm going to read according to one of them. Unfortunately, there's two different ways to read it. I'm going to read it in the way that I believe is the correct understanding. Kama Amoisain. How tall are they? How Amois are are is it a certain uh, measurement like a foot or a, a, a meter? How tall are they? And they said, they are three amas high. Now, we find that in regards to what is the average height of a human being, so an Adam Beinani is, is three amas high. That's this, that's this language here. Three amas. They're, a certain, they're, they're average height. The Jewish people have an average height. I'm saying, so they said they're just average high, but we are much taller than them. We are much mightier than them. We are stronger than them. So, Sichon and Og, they said to themselves, <coughs> let's arm ourselves, let's bring our weapons, let's suit up in full suits of armor. We're going to be stronger than them. These Jews are just average. They're not like above average when it comes to military prowess. Right? How do we know that this is true? Because the Pesach says they came out, right? The, the, they had a lot of, they had a lot of, you know, why didn't they stay in their city? Why didn't they stay in a place where they were protected? They felt very confident. They came out to greet the Jewish people. They came out of their comfort zone. They came out of their, uh, a place where they had a defensive war and they made an offensive war. They felt very confident. And what was the result? The result was that Sichon was decimated. Sichon and the, Mor- the Amori people. Then they came, as we saw, to the place where they would battle Og. So Moshe said, we're going to camp here, and then in the morning, we're going to enter. We're going to enter for battle. When they came in, it was early in the morning. The sun was not yet up at all, and you couldn't see. Moshe Rabbeinu looks up at the wall, and he sees this form, this massive form. He didn't realize what it was, but it was Og, who was an incredibly tall human being. He was a, he was a giant, sitting on the wall, and his, it was a wall of a city. Okay, you can imagine the... The walls of Jerusalem. Imagine a human being sitting on the top of the wall, but his feet reach all the way down to the ground. He didn't know what he's looking at. He says, Moshe says, I don't know what I'm looking at. He said, it seems like they built another wall on top of the wall in the middle of the night. So Hashem says to him, he has a prophetic vision, and he sees Hashem says to him, "What you see is actually Og. You're seeing a human being. 
He's incredibly massive. Not a regular human being, right? Rabbi Yechanan says that Oig's legs alone were 18 amas tall. Okay, now now let's think about that. A regular human being, Benoini, average height, three amas, right? We'll say it's about two amas, two feet per amas, it's about six feet tall. Oig is 18 amas. That means that he's six times the height of a regular human being. That's just his legs. And so he was a massive, supernatural human, right? Unusually tall human being. When Moshe heard this, he was afraid. How will we conquer this guy? How will we win? Hashem says to him, Don't be afraid. I'm going to, I'm going to knock him down before you. As we read, Hashem said to Moshe, this is the Pasuk in my midbar where it says, Hashem said to Moshe. In our Pasuk it says, Hashem said to me, because it's Moshe talking. Don't be afraid of him. Right? In the Hemshech, the continuation of the Pasuk is what we saw. I gave him already into your hands. He's already, he's finished already. He's already, he's done. And the Magic says something amazing. Oi came out fighting, right? What did he do? He was massive, massive person. He uprooted a mountain. With his bare hands, he uprooted a mountain and he threw it towards the direction of the Jewish people. What did Moshe do? Moshe took a rock and he said on the rock the explicit name of Hashem, which has incredible spiritual powers. It's not clear to me if this is the name Yudkevavke, if it's the 72 letter name, if it's the 200 and, uh, the 72 letter, it's really times 3, so it's 216. He used the powerful name of Hashem and he put it upon a, a rock and it held back the mountain from coming upon the Jewish people. Now listen, this is incredible. The ending of this Medrash is very interesting. And we have another Medrash to read, which is also long, so bear with me here. But it's, it's really incredibly beautiful. If we understand what's going on here, we're going to have a, an incredible insight. Yisrael The people of Israel said about the hands of Og, they said, Cursed are the hands that are throwing, throwing the mountain. The Amorim Oimrim, the Amori people, that's the people who the Jews were coming to conquer. What was their response? They were so impressed, so, so amazed at what Moshe Rabbeinu did. Moshe Rabbeinu with a rock. Think of David Amalek with Goliath, similar kind of situation. David is this little guy, Goliath is this giant. David comes with a rock and, and the name of Hashem. He comes with a spirit of Hashem upon him. Moshe Rabbeinu uses Hashem's name on a little rock and prevents the great mountain of destruction that Og wants to cause from falling upon the Jewish people. Unbelievable. Right? But even what's more, what's more unbelievable is that the Amori people, the people who are being conquered, they themselves said, Blessed are the hands of Moshe. So it comes out, what does it mean, Kibiot Chanasati? I say, I, Hashem says, I gave him into your hand. 
These hands, what are Moshe Rabbeinu's hands? We'll see what it means, but I've given him into your hands. It's Moshe Rabbeinu using the power of Hashem to stop the brute force of this mighty giant Og who wants to destroy the Jewish people. Now, the next that, that whole Medrash is talking about at the point in time where this, the, Torah, the Torah is speaking. But now the next Medrash is going to speak about Og and tell us that Og has a history. Og is not just a one-time person who the Jewish people encountered as they came into the land of Israel. Actually, Og had a long history with the Jewish people, going back to the times of Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Some of this you might have heard before, but some of this you probably have not heard before, about his interactions with Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov in certain points in history. And we need to understand, we need to understand, okay, let's, let's ask a few questions before we continue here. Who is this guy, Og? You know, the, the measure starts off speaking about the fear that the nations of the world have. Interestingly, when they hear about the miracles that Hashem did for the Jewish people. But then when it comes closer, when the Jewish people approach, and they're ready for battle, the, the, the way that they are looking at the Jewish people is very shallow, or how tall are they? How, how strong are they? Like it's almost like they forgot the power that got the Jewish people out of Egypt. It was a power which they were they were originally impressed with, right? The power of Hashem's miracles, and then when when it when push comes to shove, when it comes to the moment of battle, the the they recognize the the brute force of Og is no match for the 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 name of Hashem, for the name of Hashem. The spiritual force that Moshe Rabbeinu represents. That's that's clearly what the Medrash is saying. So, but we need to understand this on a deeper level. And let's see in the next Medrash, which is all about Og, you learn some things about Og that you never knew. I didn't know. Well, the que- I didn't ask the questions. The question on the Medrash is, what happened? What changed? Why didn't they have the fear? Why did they have the fear at the beginning? What? In the middle, why didn't they have the fear? In the end, they had the fear. Is Og afraid of the Jewish people? Are the nations afraid of the Jewish people? What makes the nations afraid of us? And this is important to know. This is important to know, because here we are, reconquering the land of Israel. Mashiach is coming soon. Have you know, My friends, I have some good news to tell you. Mashiach is on his way. And we're living through this process again of reconquering the land of Israel, and we're facing off with similar kinds of challenges. So we need to know, what's the power that we have? What's the power of the Jewish people? Meshach points out that the Pasuk doesn't say, when Hashem reassures Moshe Rabbeinu and says, that you don't need to worry, I've given him into your hands. It doesn't say, I will give him into your hands. It doesn't say, don't worry, I'm going to, you're going to win, I'm going to give him into your hands. It says, I already gave him into your hands, past tense. So what's this, what's this language? Why is it, excuse me, what's the idea here? I already passed judgment on Og, all the way back from the times of Abraham. Kate said, what is this? So this is a more famous episode. It was at the time that Lot, the brother, the, the nephew, the son of the brother of Avraham, had been captured along with the four, the battle of the four and five kings. So Og came 
to let Avraham know about this. To let him know that he has to go out and fight and battle in order to save his nephew, to save Lot. Pesach says, Vayovo HaPolit. Pesach says, the refugee came. Who is this refugee who came to tell Avram about this battle? Amr Eshlakish, Mishim Bar Kapora, Polit HaYishmoi. Mishlakish says, his name was actually Polit. That was his name. Refugee, that was his name. Vilamanek Roshmoi Oig. But our sages tell us his name was Og. We know this is, it's the same guy. He lived for a, a few hundred years. In those times, there were people who lived that long. Og lived a very long life. He lived from the time, actually, he's from even before. Our sages tell us, but in this Medrash, let's look at the, let's look at what the Medrash says. He lived all the way from the time of Avraham Avinu, from Abraham's time, all the way until the time the Jewish people came out of Egypt and, and entered the land of Israel. So we're talking 450 years approximately. 400 years. So, but Og, his, it wasn't his real name, it was not Og. He was called Og because of this episode. Listen to this. You know why Og got the name Og? It was because when he came to tell Avraham about the fact that Lot, his nephew, had been captured, and that there was a war going on that he needed to come and save the day, Avraham, it was, it was Pesach. Avraham was fulfilling the mitzvah of matzah. He was eating matzahs. Now the word matzah, is matzah as we know, but it's, there's another word for matzah, ugais, which means a cake. He was eating matzah cakes on Pesach. Now the word uga, which is a cake, it's the same word as og. Og, uga, cake. Og's name became cake because of what Avram was eating at that moment. What does this mean? What does this mean? Og became Og because of the cake that Avram was eating at this moment. What does this mean? Hold on. We're going to get to what this means. V'loi b'lashim shamayim. Says the Medrash, a famous thing also. I believe Rashi quotes it over there. He didn't come uh, for altruistic reasons. Elashim noya shal sara. He came because of Sarah's beauty. Amar b'libay harini mevasar oisai. Lagadud horgoi. Minoyantalaniya sara ishtai. He said, look, I have, I have this great idea. Uh, Sarah's gorgeous. She's beautiful. Everyone's trying to steal her, right? The Paro takes her. Avi Melech takes her. Everyone. Og was uh, the next one in line. He said, look, I'll send Avram out to battle. He'll get killed. I'll marry her. I'll marry Sarah. Hashem said to him, at that time, as it were, <laughs> that's what you're saying, Chayecha. Look, you did something good. You did help Avram to find out. Avram indeed goes and he conquers these four and five kings and brings back his nephew. So you'll get rewarded for that. In this world, you'll live a long life. And that which you thought in your heart, I'm going to kill or cause Avram to be killed and take Sarah. <laughs> It's not going to come out that way exactly. You're going to fall in the hands of her grandchildren, her great-great-grandchildren. You're going to be killed by her offspring. Okay, so we need to understand, what is this, what is Hashem saying to him? What was he, why is he called Og? Why is he trying to steal Sarah? Why, why does it have to be that ultimately he's going to be killed by the Jewish people? What's, what's, the, what's the message? What's the depth? Okay, there's more here. There's more. 
Stick with me, okay? Focus. Here we go. It's very interesting. So that that was the time. Moshe Rabbeinu was told by Hashem back four hundred years ago. I already he's he was destined to fall now in your hands. You don't have to worry. This is a four hundred year old promise that I have that Og is going to fall by the hands of the great great grandchildren of Sarah. Okay, says the Majesty, there was another time that it was decreed upon Og that he would die at the hands of the Jewish people. And I already gave, like we said, in the times of Isaac, there was another story with Og, Ketzad. When Avraham gave a bris to Yitzchak, he made a party. He made a party for the bris, and he called all of the kings of Canaan, including Og. He made a great feast. Gadol. He brought all of the Gadolim, all of the great. And even Og was there. Og had wanted to steal, had wanted to steal uh, Avram's wife. And he had said something which we don't know about until here. But they said to him, Look, remember what you said? Avram You said, Avram's never going to have kids. You're never going to have kids. So, <laughs> look, here's Yitzchak, he's born. Uh, Og said something familiar. It sounds familiar. It sounds like what they, what they, what they said. When Moshe came, he said, Yitzchak is a little puny nothing. He's a little baby. He's a nothing. The Yitzchak brings down that until Yitzchak was born, people never had babies that's, that, that were inside of, of, uh, of little cribs. Yitzchak was extremely small. So, Og said, he's a little nothing. This is a nothing. I can kill him with my little pinky. Destroy him. He has no power. He has no kiyum. He has no... It's not going to be sustained... So Og is very like negative about uh, Avram, Yitzchak, and we'll see soon Yaakov. <laughs> That's what you think? He has no power, he's so weak, you could destroy him with your little pinky? You're going you're gonna to fall by his great-great-grandchildren, you're going to see the power. Then we have a third story which has to do with Yaakov. From the times of Yaakov already. We saw Avram, we saw Yitzchak, but also Yaakov. Here's another one, which I never heard of before. Maybe you've heard of it, but I never heard of it. When Yaakov came in to Paro, to Pharaoh, to give him a blessing with his son, when his son Yosef brought him in. It says in the Pasuk, Jacob gave a blessing to Pharaoh. I was there. He was in that spot. Chashav guy, hanging out with the kings. Paro says to Paro says to Oig, hey, remember what you said about Avram that he has no power? Remember what you said about Avram that he has no power? He's not going to have any kids. Hey, here's his grandson Yaakov and he's got 70 children, grandchildren all around him. From that moment, Oig already, already started having a eye in horror. We need to know what an eye in horror is, but he had a negative eye on the Jewish people. Amr Kudish Baruch Russia. Hey Russia, Mata Machnasai in horror, but Bonai. 
Hashem says to him, you're putting a negative eye on my children. Your eye will melt. Your negative look will not have any effect. You're going to fall in their hands. I said, that's what Hashem meant when He said to Moshe, I mean, I gave him to you already. The Meshach finishes off and says, just like it was in that time, the nations of the world were afraid of you. They heard about you, and they were afraid of you. This is important, because this is the secret of how, ultimately, the Jewish people conquer and vanquish their enemies. All the nations of the world will see that the name of Hashem is upon you, and they will be afraid of you. They will be afraid of you. So that reminds us of what happened with, with, the, with the hand of Moshe, with the rock from the previous Medrash. And we need to understand that that's really what's happening throughout the entire Medrash speaking about Og. This is my thought for you guys. Okay, This is my thought. Why is Og called Uga? <laughs> Why is he called Cake? Why is he called Uga? It's a matzah. It's a cake. It's a matzah. It's a cake. Well, this is what I was thinking. There's two aspects of a matzah. It's a geschmacker cracker. It's a it's a nice, you know, crunchy cracker. It's an uga. It's something. It's a treat. But the word matzah, the word matzah is shmartemes hamatzah. Our sages tell us shmartemes hamitzvahs. It means the word matzah is a reference to the fact that the matzah is about the mitzvah. It's about the fact that the things that we do, it has Hashem's name on it, so to speak. This is a commandment of God. Why was Avram Avinu eating the matzah on Pesach? Because he, in his incredible intuitive fashion, was able to understand that this is the will of Hashem at this time on Pesach, we eat matzah. The, the, the forefathers of sages tell us they kept the entire Torah before it was given. They had an intuitive sense of what is the will of Hashem. The matzah represents the will of Hashem. But the uga is the outer aspect of it. Og. Perhaps we could say that Og, when he, when he wants to steal Sarimain, what does that really mean? He wants Avram to be killed and to take Sarimain. He means, as I understand it, he wants to take over the purpose of the Jewish people. He wants to replace Avraham as the progenitor of the Jewish people, as the father of Klal Yisrael. He says, look, Jewish people serving God, okay, uh, let's, you need, you need strong people, like, you need, you need big people, you need hefty people that can really eat a good cake, eat a good cake, get, you know, nice and strong, the outer aspect, that's what Og is, he's the outer aspect, he's constantly looking at the outer aspect, and he's saying, look, you want to have a Jewish people? You can't have wimps. You can't have weak people. Gets to Yitzchak's uh, bris, the ceremony for his bris. This guy, this is not going to be the progenitor of Klai Israel. Avram is, is, has, no, he has no ability to give birth. He, Yitzchak, he's a weak, small, puny child. When it gets to Yaakov, it's starting to look like like Og is wrong, but he has an iron horror on it. He says it can't be. They're they're weak. They're too weak. He puts a negative eye on it because he says Og's theory is that if you want to be a powerful nation in the world, you need to be powerful. You need to be eighteen amas tall. 
You need to be so strong and so big. That's the only way to be a powerful nation that lasts throughout history, that projects Hashem's name into the world. Maybe. Maybe Og wanted to be that person who was the, the beginning of that. And if he's not going to be the one, at least he can vanquish the Jewish people and destroy them at the onset. Get rid of Avram, kill Yitzchak, have an Ayin Harad, have a negative look at the Jewish people, bring down negative forces onto the Jewish people. But look what the end is. What's the result? The result is that Og himself is vanquished by the Jewish people. Why? And this is the secret. It's because of the name of Hashem that's imbued upon us. That's what causes them to fear. That's what causes them to fall. It's the, the name of Hashem that Moshe Rabbeinu places on the rock. A little rock. He throws it perhaps. It doesn't say he threw it. He throws it perhaps at the mountain. Oak picks up this massive mountain. He says, power. It's got to, if you want to exist, you need power. You need brute force. And of course, this is not to say that Jews are weak. We're not weak. We're B'nish Lashamas. We're B'nainim. We're middle of the road kind of people. We're not too tall. We're not too short. Middle of the road kind of people. But that, said Og, is not enough. And, but ultimately, he was wrong. Because it's not about the brute force. It's not about the size of your legs being 18 amas tall. We're average. The Jewish people are average people. But the, the thing that makes us different is that the name of Hashem is called upon us. It's that we mention the name of Hashem. We inscribe upon the rock the name of Hashem. We inscribe upon the, the, the very missiles that we use to protect ourselves. It's called the sling of David. We, we remind ourselves of where the power comes from. Halavai, halavai. We remind ourselves of where the power comes from. It's from Hashem. It comes from the fact that Hashem is on our side. And when we recognize that properly, even our enemies, the Emoirim, say, Blessed are the hands that are so supported, that are supported through the name of Hashem. Blessed are Moshe Rabbeinu's hands that throw a rock with Hashem's name on it, which means that's how we do battle. That's when they are afraid of us. When we are properly projecting Hashem's name into the world, we don't need to be the strongest, mightiest, tallest, heftiest. That's not what we need. We need regular, middle of the road. We need to be middle of the road people, but with a deep, deep sense that it's Hashem. It's Hashem's name that's called upon us. That's called upon anything that we do battle with. And when Hashem's name is the one that's upon us and upon whatever we're doing battle with. They're afraid of Hashem, ultimately. And if we properly bring Hashem into our lives, into our battles, then we will have success because Hashem will be on our side. I want to bless you. I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us. That we should be able to take this message to heart and recognize that whatever is going on in our life, if we're successful, 
It's not us. We're just regular people. We're really not that much smarter than everyone else. We're just regular people, but Shem's name is on us. Shem should help us to recognize that and to reinforce that within ourselves, remind ourselves constantly, it's Hashem. It's Hashem. It's Hashem. And then the nations of the world will be afraid and they will bless us. They will bless us as they recognize too that it's all just Hashem. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.